0: Lord, so good to have you this morning in the presence of God and the worship. I know that you worship all week. By the time you get here, you're probably tired. But I know mean, oh, this is the time we come together to praise the Lord. You know, you can make an immediate excuses as to why you didn't sing today. But I begged you two weeks ago, don't hang your harp in Babylon. Don't hang your harp on the willow trees. Just because it's dark outside doesn't mean it has to be dark in here. I said, just because it's wicked out there doesn't mean it needs to be wicked in here. You shut down your voice, we are nothing looking, we're just staring at each other. How awkward is that? And so we want to continue to praise the Lord in the middle of a wicked and perverted generation. You know, I think about Enoch. He was a righteous man in the middle of a wicked, wicked. They say, some scholars say, it's the most wicked time of all time. And the Bible says he was not, but the Lord took him. I mean, no, that could be us. Anybody still believe in the rapture? Yeah, there you are. Good morning, Old Grove. Wow, I thought I lost y'all for a little while there, but you could be going on your way. The Bible says two be in the field, one taken and the other one left. Two be at Walmart, one taken. The other one's still in the customer service line. Amen. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Spiritual warfare is our topic. Joel and Katie Burleson, they were on the back row a minute ago. There, they scooted up. How many know you're getting warmer? You're getting warmer. They both did their internship here. They both served uh, on our team here. We love them. They are on staff at church in in Memphis, Tennessee, West Memphis. We love them. They brought with them. Their family is growing a little baby. Let's welcome the Burlesons. We love you, Joel and Katie. Chrissy's, uh, Taylor's friends, best friends in school and, and evangel roommates and uh just blessed our staff and blessed our church for many years beautiful beautiful people and there are people like that all over the place make sure you say hi to them when you can today uh the others are still coming in i'm giving them a chance to get here i hate anybody to miss anything how many brought your your tools to study the word today good there you go grab your book your bible your notepad your pen let's get into it so we started two weeks ago because last week we had the interruption of the of the uh church history from nineteen hundred till today. How many enjoyed that with me and brother Mark? That was fun. Mark's working every other weekend. Uh I don't know if he minds me sharing. He did get a promotion at work. Now he can be at church every Sunday. Would somebody celebrate the Lord's goodness to Mark and Cindy? He's been at Mercy for many, many years in security. Just got a promotion where he can be. Yeah, you know that. That's that's awesome. We're happy about that, right, sis? And so we're so happy about that. And he, he did such an awesome job as we went from 1900 to Topeka, Kansas all the way uh till today. And uh and I think that uh spiritually Franklin Graham's crusade, it's coming up in a few weeks, is uh is is going to be a historical moment in Springfield, Missouri, the birthplace of Route 66. And if we don't do it, it's going to be the birthplace of Route 666. Somebody better have a revival or we're going to have a rupture. It's going to be a revolt. Something bad is coming down to the pike. And we as a church better be ready. We better be ready. I know we shout about heaven and the rapture, but how I many know there's some things we're going to face before it gets here. And as a church that's strong and courageous, that's why you hear Joshua saying to the people of God, be strong and very courageous, right? Sanctify yourselves, for we're going to take Jericho, right? There's a war going on, and Jesus prophesied in the last days. You can see the signs of the time, the increase in knowledge. There will be earthquakes in diverse places. How many you know it's already happening? All over the place, uh, catastrophes, and uh, it's going to be increased. Also, there's going to be uh, uh, things that are, are, are going to get accelerated way, way, a whole lot faster. Uh, wars and rumors of wars, uh, pestilences. I looked it up the other day. Pestilence. What is that? It's diseases. Any diseases running a rampant? Um, and, um, and one of the other ones I see, uh, how about this one? Offenses. I mean, everybody's offended. I've never seen a day. Where everybody's offended. You say, good morning. Oh, you said morning. It's not morning. It could be noon or night, depending on the way I think it is. Don't say morning. It could be night. In my mind, it's night. I know the sun is shining, but it could be nighttime. I mean, there's a lot of stupidity running around our world. Woke. I mean, they're not woke. They're dead asleep. And so I I want to deal with the warfare issue. And the first sermon I dealt with praise. I think if we don't get a breakthrough in praise and worship, we're going to be sitting here waiting for revival for a long time. You got to learn how to open your mouth. You got to open your mouth. How many know life and death is in the power of your tongue? You got to call those things that are not as though they are. You got to speak to the issue. You got to open up and stand up and be counted. Talk to God about the situation. Tell it to Jesus. How many know he's listening? If you're sick today, if you need a miracle today, you need to go and call on the Lord. And how many know if you call on the Lord, He will answer you. He'll tell you things you can't even believe. Jeremiah 1 5. In the day, there's a day coming that the Lord's going to help us. And so today, it started with praise, but today I want to deal with the other issue, the origin, the origin of spiritual warfare. I don't know. We're going to get into some teaching. I think uh, many times church folks are just not taught enough. And uh, Sunday morning is an awkward time for teaching because you don't respond. You hardly respond when I preach. How are you going to respond when I teach? And so and so we're going to deal with this uh, because I think it's so important. The reality of warfare, there is obvious. I mean, think there's an obvious evidence that evil is flourishing in our day. All around the world, leaving many believers feeling hopeless and helpless. It is real. Why? Because the devil is real. He's not some metaf- more, uh, uh, metaphorical study or, or, or topic or story. I mean, no, he's not like a cartoon character with a, with a pitchfork and a long tail and red little demon thing. I mean, no, he's real. He's a real created being created by God. Therefore, if he's created by God, he'll never have authority over God. No reason to fear today. I mean, no, he's real, but God is bigger. God is, is, is real. He's the one brought him here and he's the one taking him out. So what is our hope? God has given us what? Adequate resources for us to combat this invisible warfare. The issue is it's invisible. It's spiritual warfare. Okay? Physical. I mean, some of you might, uh, you know, have, uh, trained yourself in boxing or martial arts. You can take care of yourself. But can I tell you what? You better get your spirit man physically ready. Spiritual man. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might, right? But we wrestle not with flesh and blood. This battle is not flesh. It's not physical. It's spiritual. And I think we really need to deal with this because we have a lot of folks that just think, you know, that Satan is just uh and his demons and his little uh, uh, authority that he gives to whoever will succumb to his will and ways and words. You know, God is doing something with servants who succumb to his will and ways and words. Right. So is there a real devil? I mean, no, there is a war spirit and the flesh, spirit and the flesh. It's really going on. And so we need to deal with this because we have to be prepared for spiritual combat. And so God accepts everybody, but favors those who are open to being used by him. Will you give him a chance to work? How many of you say, Pastor, I want to give God a chance to work in my life? through the power of the Holy Spirit. He can use me. He can trust me. He can count on me. I will put on the whole armor of God so I can be able to stand in the last days. It is the last days, by the way. In case you're waiting on it, it's already here. The biblical origin of spiritual warfare. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of the heavenly uh, army uh, soldiers, so that you may be able to stand, successfully stand up, against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world, forces of this present dark world, against the spiritual forces of wickedness, where? In heavenly, supernatural places. How many know the revival that's coming? is going to be a spiritual revival. It's spiritual. And so what? The attack that's coming is going to be spiritual. It's waging war. Satan's not happy that we're still together. I said he's not happy that we didn't give up during a pandemic. The devil's not happy that we're still getting along, even in a, uh, a, a nation that's offended by every word you say. Pastors are quitting every day because no matter what they say, they're in the wrong. People are on Facebook every day giving their opinion. You know what? I'm about sick of everybody's opinion. What does the Lord have to say? Doesn't matter your opinion. And there's God, spirit-filled people, saying all kind of foolish stuff that doesn't even match up with the Word of God, all in in the hope of having compassion on the lost. Can I tell you? If the world is lost and wants to remain lost, they're going to stay lost. You're not going to win the devil by sitting at the table of compromise with them. Have you ever talked to a drunk? Have you ever sat at the table and reasoned with a drunken stupor? They're not listening to you. You can crack their head on the cement. They're not going to listen to you. uh, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You're not going to ever come up with anything genius or smart to say. They've heard it all. You're gonna to have to pray this one through. How I many know this is spiritual warfare? You can you can you can go out and witness till your your, your your tongue hangs out, but you better not walk out the door till your knees hit the floor. This is a spiritual combat. And so put on the complete armor of God so that you'll be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. Danger. What? Danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands means crisis is coming to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. God's raising up an army. I said, God's raising up an army. Remember Ezekiel found a valley full of dry bones and God said, he said, well, Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to win the battle with this? The army's all pieces, annihilated, bones everywhere. Dry bones, not just bones. Dry bones, hollowed, dried out bones, useless bones. And God told Ezekiel, the man of God, to prophesy to the bones. Speak to the bones. How I many know we got to start speaking to some stuff? If there's any dry areas in your life, you might have to open your mouth and get courageous and speak to that dry area of your life. Speak to those bones, prophesy to those bones, tell those bones, get up, get up and get it together. And then all of a sudden, the thigh bone connected to the knee bone. I think that's right. I'm not going to do the Macarena up here. I'm just trying to tell you that even after the bones got together, still didn't have any life. How I many know unless the Lord build the house we labor in vain that built this? Until the Lord spoke life into those dry bones, the army was not effective. It was no—it's just like Adam. He was just formed out of the dust of the earth. He was just a being until God breathed life. And can I tell you, this book is just a book. But how many know it's more than a book? Because God breathed into this book, and it became the word of the living God. Right? It's the word. It's the word. So we have to combat the evil with the word of God so we can live in victory see what else. The first thing you need to do is we must understand Satan's place in scriptures and in God's unfolding plan for the ages. God had a plan. It's all written in his book. And if the world is so biblically illiterate, they don't know the book. No wonder they don't understand spiritual warfare. They don't understand Satan's place. They don't understand that we're dealing with a defeated foe. Unless we do stupid things, how many know an army can turn around in one day if you make dumb decisions? I wish somebody helped me preach today. One day, one stupid decision, all of a sudden people are in captivity and harm's way. I'm telling you that there's a more of a serious army than the armies that are going on, the world wars that are going on right now. God has a plan. So first of all, Satan is real. And when you deny this truth, it works toward his advantage. How I many know he's deceived a lot of people? Entire nations and cultures have been deceived, brought into darkness because of the lies and the practices and the superstitions of a real devil. He is not omnipresent. How I many know he's limited? Come on now. He's limited. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Among them, the God of this world, Satan. The Lord gave him the prince of the power of the air, gave him some a little bit uh, uh, of, of territory, right? And he tried to blind the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's what's going on. This world is blind, not blind physically, spiritually blind, spiritually blind. They can see, but they cannot comprehend. They can hear, but they're dull of hearing. They can't comprehend what they're hearing. They're, they're hearing, but they're not listening. They're seeing, but they're not seeing. Like Pharisees, like blind bats, running around in church, but not in Christ. I wish somebody helped me preach this morning. They're all of them are in church, but none of them are in Christ. You got to be spiritually blind to not understand what he's trying to say. He spent his whole time in the Gospels trying to help us. So the Bible is very clear about who Satan is. He's mentioned 72 times in the New Testament alone. Clear about the fact that he's a created being. God created Lucifer. It's a spirit being, a cherub, if you please. He was he was a cherub in the heavens, the the worship leader of of the choir of heaven, the angelic choir. Wonderful. That's why he uses music, uh, tries to distort music. I mean, no, God created music. I said God created worship. They're worshiping around the throne. So Satan takes everything God created, twists it, distorts it, perverts it, and uses it against the the body of Christ. Is anybody hearing me? So his fall from heaven, it was very clear. He was kicked out. He said, I will be above God. I will be ascend above the heavens. He, He was not happy being the servant of the Lord. Arrogance and pride. How many know the awful sin of pride came into Lucifer's heart? He wanted to usurp authority over God. God said, not on my watch, and kicked him out of heaven. Bible's very clear with that. Where did he kick him to? Kicked him to planet Earth, the planet we live on. Is there life on another planet? Just watch Fox News. They'll tell you UFOs are running around. Yeah. What's his name? Carson, whatever is Carson. Tucker. Yeah, Tucker will tell you. Just watch this coming up. He'll tell you UFOs, UFOs are everywhere. Yeah, they're all over Las Vegas. They're gambling in the casinos. Little 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 bitty men and women, whatever it's, are running around. You believe what you want to believe. I mean, I really believe God created the heavens and the earth and the earth. So I'm not sure about everything else out there, but he put man on this planet and Satan was already here. And for and and darkness, listen, darkness was on the face of the deep and it was without uh void nothing here wherever satan is there's nothing darkness without void without purpose nothing and that's where he was that's his existence until god said let there be light is anybody here i know mean, when god says let there be light light come there's not darkness that satan can be in or around or upon that god can't interrupt it with his light spoken from his word and he took 6 days created everything that is it's amazing i was telling my sunday school class this morning we got we got several new members would you give god praise for the new members joining oak grove assembly and one getting baptized in water next sunday woohoo i don't know the last time we baptized somebody just took one virus to kick all of our baptisms away and so um it's amazing i was watching the uh, planet earth channel you know i know there's a lot of evolution there but i just like to see god's creation i mean god created a lot of things things i can't even imagine with my own mind below the sea unbelievable things way down deep right and way up in the sky he's created all kinds of things everywhere and i just love to take a look at god's creation and just praise his holy name amen how can you not believe in god when you see all of that and the hummingbirds came on saturday morning hummingbirds And I heard that they had one plant for every kind of hummingbird. You don't have to fight over the plants. God gave them each their own plant and got their little beak and he go right down to you. How many know God made their beak long enough to get down to where God is a God of order. And when he made man, he knew something was missing. So he had to, he had to create. Whoa, man. That's what Adam said. Whoa, man. That cost me a rib. I wonder what could have got for an arm and a leg, he said. Man was lonely. Man was not finished. God saw that. Everything else he said was good. It was not good that man be alone. And then the enemy came in the garden. What are you talking about? So the fall from heaven, his character, the influence that he had on Adam and Eve, his ultimate judgment, his destiny, all of these things. So i'm not trying to give glory or time to the devil I just need to educate god's people as to we're dealing with a real issue A real spirit being as titles are lucifer the covering cherub before his fall satan the adversary always bringing uh, attack on god's people the devil the accuser of the brethren of the brethren He's not accusing people in the bar room today. He's already got them He's only accusing you the church Always lying. He's a liar and the father of lies. Come on, help me out here. Verses, Genesis 3:15, right? That's where he he uh thought he had won the victory. How many know God had a covering? How many know God had a plan? Satan wasn't in charge, never was, never will be. Does anybody read the end of this book? We win. It's in the middle of the battle that we run grow weary. First Chronicles 21. He appears twice in job one and and two he actually Satan had access to job in the heavens, the counsel of God he said then well, what about job he said he said he's a righteous man. you go ahead and do what you need and uh and Satan thought job was worshipping God for what he what he could get out of him I mean no, there are people who are only worshiping God for what they can get out of God as soon as God gives them what they want, they quit worshiping. Till they fall on their face again, then they go back to God and they say, could you give me some more? And then he hit pull. I mean, no, the Lord's always there, but people have taken God's grace for granted. Well, Job thought that, uh, uh, Satan thought that about Job. He took everything he had, everything he had. It didn't work. So he goes back the second time and says, Hey, he, uh, he, he's not, it's not working. <laughs> Your righteous man is standing firm, right? He said, well, you can, You know, attack his body, but don't kill him. In other words, Satan can't do anything to you that God didn't give him permission. Now, that's warfare. I mean, we are the victors. How many believe God loves you enough to care for you? So there's this idea floating around that we're doomed, that the last days are here we're all going to die. How many know we will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of God? I said we are the head and not the tail. We are the borrower, not the lender. We're God's prophetic people. We're not going to die in this dilemma. So we got to ask you, will you give God a chance? Start by recognizing the enemy, anticipating his opposition, partnering with God, persisting in prayer until the struggle is overpowered by the might of the angel armies. God is dispatched. It was Billy Graham that said God dispatches two. He believes everybody has two guardian angels, one called grace and the other one's called mercy. Can somebody say amen? David backed it up said, Surely, mercy, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the Lord's house forever. So, in these uncertain times, more than ever, we need hope and peace that passes all understanding to overcome the enemy and get the victory. And so, what's the biblical origin? Trying to help you out. He is scheming against us. He challenges the authority of God's word. Hath God said, that's what he told Adam and Eve. Toad Eve. Half God said? Really? God doesn't want you to be as smart as him. He's always manipulating, always lying, always twisting and distorting, add words, taking a words, pulling stuff out of context from the word of God, trying to confuse and deceive. He perverts, uh, and questions God's motives and character. He minimizes God's standard. You will eat any of the tree that you want to of this tree. Do not eat. Do not eat this tree or you surely will die. They didn't believe him. And now the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And so he tempts us with human autonomy. You will be like God. That's what he wanted to do. And God shut him down, so now he wants to shut you down. There is a warfare going on in the heavenlies. He's not happy at all that you're serving God. I don't care if you just got saved or you've been saved for a hundred years. He's not happy and he's not going to stop fighting you. No more than the Taliban's going to stop fighting over in Afghanistan. They wouldn't unheard of for the last, what, year or so, two? All of a sudden, they're front and center. I mean, no, the devil's never going to give up. Not on the child of God. He'll be after you. That's the bad news. The good news, Christ in you is the hope of glory. I said, the one that's in you is greater than the one that's after you. He's going to give us the victory. Amen? He's very deceptive. He's very calculating. He's very crafty and scheming. Second Corinthians 2 and 11. Although a spirit being, he has limitations. He has limitations. He can't go everywhere like God. I mean, God is unlimited. I said, God is unlimited. He can go anywhere. He's omnipresent. I said, he can go to the highest heavens, the lowest earth below. Amen? And so and so uh Satan can't do that. He has some power but he doesn't have all power. I wish somebody helped me teach today. And we've glorified the enemy and minimized our God. So I'm just trying to educate. Although a spirit being, he has limitations. He's fully committed to evil and destruction and he has a he's just a thief, a murderer and a liar. John 10:10. 10, 10, say it with me. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy but i've come that you might have life life abundantly that's life on top of life in the in the greek life on top of life it's not time for us to give up it's it's time for us to hold on and fight and pray through amen i know it's dark out there but i'm not ignoring the darkness i'm just not giving in to the darkness can somebody help me out here john 8 44 he's a liar and the father of all He's able to seduce and influence. He appeals to our senses and hides the consequences. He appeals to our senses and he hides the consequences. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's okay if you drink a little, smoke a little. It's okay if you do this. It's okay to cohabitate. It's okay to do whatever you want. It's a new day. It's a new day. This is 2021. I mean, no, people are busting hell wide open in 2021. Sin is still sin. Not going to get away with it in 2021 as if it's a new day and the standards have dropped. How many know God's standards have not dropped? He still deals with it the same way. And He still gives us the same power to overcome. So how do we fight and win? God expects us to do our part to fight the good fight of faith. And idleness is not an option. If you're not writing too many notes, I would write that one down. For you to remain idle is not an option. For you to stare out and gaze out stand there or sit there and act like nothing's going on, you are going to be very much annihilated. I mean, you you got to stand. And when you've done all you can to stand, I mean, you you got to keep on standing and put on the whole armor of God. you got to put on the whole armor of God. It's not an option to be idle. It's not an option to be neutral. That's what I said today in this politically correct culture we live in, woke culture. No matter how you say it, you're dead in the water. You're dead in the water. Pick just sides. I mean, no, oh, issues and sides that you're picking are not the real issue. You get on the side of the Lord or you get on the side of the world. Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? I mean, oh, that's the issue. And it has to be biblically accurate. God's not going to change his word to con- to, to, to make our culture comfortable. The word of God is going to stand strong no matter how evil our culture gets and we have pastors and leaders that are selling out selling out and their churches are packed packed with people they don't want to tell them anything is wrong don't judge me i won't judge you it reminds me of the lady caught in adultery remember that and all the all the leaders and the righteous pharisees were standing around with rocks in their hands ready to kill her Well, I have a question. Where was he? And according to the law, they killed both of them. Where was he? Some scholars believe that, oh, y'all don't want me to preach this, though, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Some scholars believe that the men that had rocks in their hand might have already been with her. And the ones who are shooting and throwing condemning and killing we the ones that are already doing the same sin. That's why they don't want to tell anybody their sin. Because they're doing the same sin they're telling them not to do. So if I go easy on you, maybe you go easy on me. See no evil. You won't judge me if I don't judge you. How I many know oh, the devil is a liar and everybody's going to be judged. According to your works. <laughs> Righteous and unrighteous. And so God's helping us. I said, is anybody hearing me today? Everybody must choose a side who's on the Lord's side. The weapons we have can demolish Satan and all evil influences and strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10.4. Let me just give you scripture. Maybe that'll help you. For though we walk in the flesh, come on, as mortal men and women. Now we got to change that politically correct. We got to say humans. We got to say humans. They don't even like humans. Maybe UFOs. So though we walk in the flesh as humans or men or women or I don't know it, uh, pronouns, I don't even know what to say anymore. How I many know God's word is still God's word, no matter what your stupid ideas are? That's dumb. God created male and female, and that's it. You find some other uh, strange thing, that's up to you. It's not biblical. So here we go. We are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. Can I just give you some good news today? The president is not in charge. No matter who the president is, Now, in a Pentecostal church, they would have shouted. But you're so scared to respond because of all the political correctness. I wish they would take me off of Facebook. I'm tired of looking at that. Anyway, the weapons of our warfare here, say it with me. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We have a might and a power in the name of Jesus. We just sang it just a few seconds ago. How many believe there's power in the cross, power in the blood, power in prayer, power in the name of Jesus, power of the Holy Ghost? How many know Jesus has given us the victory? We have power. Why are we walking around defeated, depressed? And so we got to realize what's going on. I think this, this lesson here is to help us. We're destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. We're taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. We're ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as a church is complete. God's calling us to raise us up. So where do we start? Well, Pastor, number one, you must recognize that your mind is Satan's target and God's command central. It starts in the mind. Hey, I said it starts in the mind. So be not conformed to this world. Uh, Come on, help me out here. Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not be conformed. I beg you, brothers and sisters, do not be conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the battleground. That's the target place. That's where he's always lying. That's what he did with Eve. That's where he tried to do with Jesus. And that's what he's going to do with you and me. He's so dumb, he don't even use new strategies. He's a dumb devil. But our mind is also God's command central. How many believe God saves your whole body, soul, and mind? He can renew your mind. He can transform your mind. How? How? By the word of God. By the word of God. So you might know what that good and perfect and excellent will of God is because you read the word of God. Not just read it, but you in, but you ingested it. You you put it inside. I mean, know if it's not in you, when the hard times come, it's not going to come out of you. I said you have to make deposits before you can make a withdrawal. That's why some of you writing checks and bouncing because you're making withdrawals. You never deposited any money. You can't do that. Y'all heard of Boudreaux? Don't you know Boudreaux? Boudreaux went to the bank. Uh, the bank called Boudreaux, said, Mr. Boudreaux said, your account is, is, uh, with, you know, you don't, you don't have any money in your account. He said, that's impossible. I have a whole book of checks left in my drawer. You know? When Chrissy was a little girl, we'd have checks and she would write checks. <laughs> I don't know if you remember her telling about that, but she'd write checks. Million dollars to Miss Carol, million dollars to Melissa, million dollars to me. How many wish you had an account like that? Everybody got a million dollars. She's like Oprah. You get a million and you get a million and you get a million. Command central. God has to help us. Look at this. I am afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning and uh, cunning in your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Paul's saying, I'm scared for you. all I'm scared Satan is doing to you what he did to Eve. I, I I feel like this is what's happening in our culture today. He's stupefying the saints of God, rocking them to sleep, making them believe all kinds of foolishness. My friend came out the other day, said he's a gay Christian. A gay Christian. How I many of that's foolish? That's foolish. A gay Christian. No, no, no. You're you're a gay sinner, just like all the other sinners. If you give your heart to Jesus and transform your life, you'll be a gay. You'll, you'll, you'll not be gay anymore. You'll be gay in another way. You'll be happy. I love the transformation that we saw at general council. A man was gay. He was a assembly. Guy. I don't know if you think he was assembly guy going to church, a little Hispanic man. And he, uh, and he, and he was caught up in Orlando. It was on, I think you can get it online. His testimony at general council just a couple of weeks ago. And he, uh, he got caught in that uh, gay club down in Orlando. They got shot. He got shot six times laying on the floor in that in that place he said god if you'll save me i'll serve you He come out of there god transformed him and i walked away with something that I, i think that would help me in understanding how to pray for people with with those those issues gender issues confusion issues identity issues life controlling issues perversion has come into their mind i mean oh god can change your mind and he said uh, when they asked him, I forgot who was interviewing him. They said, uh, Choco was. Choco said, How do we pray? How did your mom and daddy pray for you? He said, My mom and daddy prayed for, for the issue. They didn't pray for me. I mean, oh, we better learn how to start to pray. All mom and daddy wanted was for him not to be doing a gay lifestyle. And, and he said, I told my mom and daddy, Pray for my heart to be transformed. I mean, if we'll start praying, That God would transform people's minds. I mean, people's minds are absolutely being twisted and perverted today. We start praying God would transform their mind by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many believe the Holy Spirit can transform somebody's mind? And their heart can change. I said God, by the power of Jesus Christ, can transform anyone. Don't label them. Don't don't call them this and that, alternative lifestyle. Call it what it is and pray for them. And God can deliver them. Does anybody still believe that? Another issue nobody wants to talk about, but it's happening. It's happening. Corrupted. They're led away from the simplicity of their devotion to Christ. For you seem willing to allow it. Look at this. That's powerful. Amplified version. You seem willing to allow it. You know what? The, the uh, plight on the churches today we allowed it we whisper and didn't say anything about it never preach against uh, any s- sin much less uh perverted sins or sexual sins we act like nothing's wrong with fornication pay your tithe and live together i mean oh that's a sin oh we're not doing anything oh okay okay you're a liar and the father of it You don't live in the same house and not do it. really I'll move you in the backyard, me. That might give you a chance. But if you're in the same house and you're two adults, it's not right. A lot of people won't preach that way, but they'll look at you with a straight face, and pastors are believing it every day. I'm not doing anything wrong. Okay. Well, it's a good thing I don't have a, 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 a little monitor on my desk. But how many know God knows every single thing you do? And the greatest preacher you'll ever hear is not me. It's the Holy Ghost. And when you put your head on the pillow at night, that little cricket says, repent, repent, repent. You don't have to hear me preach. So you seem willing to allow it. If one comes and preaches another Jesus, are y'all hearing this? If anybody comes preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received from us or from the Lord, or a different gospel from the one that you accepted. You tolerate all this beautifully, welcoming the deception. When I read this, I was just blown away, folks. That's the plight of our church today. Drinking's okay. Smoking's okay. Everything's okay. You're okay. I'm okay. No. How many know everything's not all right in the church? I'm not even talking about the world. Revelation 12, 12. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, in the presence of God. Woe to the, look at this, woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you in great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time remaining. There is a war going on. I mean, you can put your head in the sand and act like it doesn't happen, but there's a spiritual war going on. It's greater than the natural war going on, and many people refer to the devil as, as just, um, you know, a Harry Potter series or something. But it's uh, but it's really belief from the scriptures. He's real. And he only has one goal. Kill, steal, destroy. Not happy with you having an argument. He wants to annihilate your marriage. He's not happy with you having an addiction. He wants to knock you out and kill you. And so his existence, however, works to his advantage, and he allows him to easily deceive mankind to accomplish his plan. Because of this, Satan has been successful in deceiving. he's the God of this world, and he's blinding the minds of all kinds of people. His time is sharp and uh, and I tell you that um, I, I mentioned first chronicles two twenty one one the other day look at this it says now uh just a while ago, now Satan stood up against Israel and moved or provoked or enticed David to number Israel back in the Old Testament, Satan was moving enticing provoking david to do what god told him not to do god said don't number israel but he was moved to pride numbered israel and you know what it cost him greatly greatly and satan is continually always doing this to try to uh, to redefine our society is being redefined as pluralistic plural pluralistic atheistic agnostic and the Bible has little or, or no relevance to many people today. That's what they're saying. If you're going to understand spiritual warfare, it has to be biblical. I know there are people in the past who've taken that to another extreme. But I mean, no, we have to have a balance understanding real biblical spiritual warfare. It's real. And we have a real God, a real Holy Spirit, a real Jesus. So, Pastor, what are the weapons of our warfare? Well, <laughs> they, they help us. Praise is what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's a garment of praise, Isaiah said. It's a garment of praise. Trade it in for the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I don't know if you've been feeling heavy. I know I talked to a lot of people, discouraged, heavy, depressed, scared, fearful, don't know what to do next. I mean, you got to praise your way through this thing. Pastors are telling me, I don't know if my church will ever get back to where it was. I'm not certain I want to go where we were. I want to go where he wants us to be. And the strong will survive. I said the strong will survive. Abiding in Christ who is our source. You see, uh, we, we've been trusting in our resource instead of our source. And I tell you, your resources are going to run out. I said we're going to run out of resources. And all we're going to have left is God. And whenever we, all we have left is God. How I many know God plus you is a majority? God is all you need. We've we've just relegated prayer to the last resort instead of the first priority. Prayer. Prayer. Spiritual warfare. How many times uh, a day do you pray? How many times a day do you read the word? How many times a week do you pray? How many times a week do you read the word? How many times do you share the word? How generous are you to the kingdom of God and the work of God? Those are some big questions when it comes to, to abiding in Christ. You remain in me and I remain in you. Then what? You have access to the heavenlies. How I many know oh, God has more to give you than Satan has to take from you? He's a, he's just a mimicker. He's just a copycat. He's just a counterfeiter. And God has it all. He's real. I said, the Holy Ghost is real. But if we relegate the Holy Ghost to a back room and tongues to some sort of a, optional uh, thing that you don't really need. I mean, oh, you're going to Billy, really, really going to be in a bad way when it comes to real warfare. Because uh, according to the whole armor of God, we need to be praying in the Spirit. Paul says praying with the Spirit, praying with passion, praying with Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude said praying in the Holy Ghost, right? Building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I understand that to be praying in the Spirit, praying with other tongues. You can can get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and many assembly of God people do this. They get baptized at camp or whatever, never spoke in tongues another day since. When's the last time you prayed in the Spirit? When's the last time you prayed in the Spirit? When's the last time you actually engaged in warfare spiritually? When's the last time you felt a real attack from the enemy that you combated with words, not only words in English, but words in spirit? When's the last time that happened to you? Because if he, if you give him an inch, how many know he'll take a ruler? you got to abide in the Lord constantly. And quit trusting your resources instead of your source. He is our victory. Amen? He is our victory. I think that's it. Or it's not working anymore. If there's any more up there, sister, brother. Thank you. God's word. How about that? How many know the word of God is a weapon? Does anybody here believe the word of God is a weapon? When Satan came against Jesus. The same way he came against Eve. And he lied. He said, hey, you bow down to me. I'll give you all the, all the nations of the world. How I many know they already owned? He already owned everything. He's God in the flesh. So Satan comes to try to manipulate Jesus. And what did he say? What did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah! The word of God is powerful, sharp, is quicker than, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul, spirit, the completeness of a person. And both joints marrow the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intents of our heart. Wow. Operative. It's energizing. Keep on going, Pastor. Mine's broke. Okay, that's it. That's it. Thank you, Bear. Oh, last one. Thank you, Bear. We're going to keep on preaching. If you keep on going. How many more you got up there? I'll stay till three. I don't care. This is the last one. That's why I put finally. And all of God's optimistic, faith-filled people said, amen. Here's a good one. Mic drop at the end there. I just, mic drop. Boom. Drop. Drop the mic. Get over yourself and get humble before the Lord. This thing is not about you. So walk in love for God and walk in love for others. And just because you want to be compassionate to others doesn't mean you wink at their sin. If you wink at their sin, you actually help them to bust hell wide open. You ever thought about that? If you tell them the truth, how many of the truth will set them free? Speak the truth in love. Don't wink at their sin. And so it's impossible to win with a proud heart. That's what happened to Satan. Quit being so wrapped up in you and your stuff and yourself and your opinions and your body and your looks. It ain't about you. And that's the mic drop. And that's the mic drop. But I don't want to drop the mic because I don't want to pay four hundred dollars for a new mic. This is real. This is real, Pastor. Spiritual warfare. And if and if you don't think so, then you probably haven't been in battle. And if and if you and if you are walking, listen the old timers used to say, if you haven't met the devil face to face, it's a good chance you're walking in the same direction he is. It's when you turn around that you face the devil. How many of you know when you decided to live for God, you met the enemy face to face. When you when you wanted to receive the baptism, you fought that. When you wanted to receive salvation, you fought through that. If you got a call of God on your life, you had to fight that. He told you you wasn't saved. He told you you wasn't sanctified. He told you you wasn't right. He told you you never get a healing. He told you you're never going to make it. I mean, no, he's a liar. Every time he opens his mouth, he's lying. So if you ever wonder, just know it's a lie, but we've choose to believe a lie over the truth of God. Romans 1 1. We've chosen rather. To worship the creature instead of the creator. Exchanging the truth of God for a lie. And that's why people are so confused. Our universities are infiltrating our young people with lies and lies and lies. And then they come out, come at me. That's why we're talking about divine healing tonight. How I many know we got to undo a lot of the stuff that the university professors have done? Secular, carnal, not Christian. Are y'all hearing me? And even some of our high schools and elementary schools, there's teachers. Did you see that lady on the news the other day? She's just spouting off. Your your parents are dumb. I mean, oh the devil is a liar. I'd be going to the school board. You talk about a, a parent teacher meeting. But I think we've just wrote it off as oh well, they've got authority. I mean oh no, the only ones got authority over your children is you. And the only one who's got authority over you is God. And so we're just we're just like little um uh, little mice when they play the we just all. How I many know oh, God gave you a brain to think for yourself? I'm thanking God for the reformers. I thank God for Wycliffe, who wrote the Bible, transfer, translated the Bible to common people's language, where they can understand the word of God and make a decision for Christ by Christ alone, right? Faith alone. You have to believe everybody else. And we've done this in the early 1st century, uh, 2nd century, 3rd century, and we're doing it now. We're elevating the clergy and, and, and lowering the laity. Basically, it's arrogance and pride. So the man in the suit, he's smart. He knows everything. You little people are just sheep. You're just dumb and you don't know anything. So listen to me. I'll play the music just like Nebuchadnezzar. I'll start the music, and when I start the music, you bow. I mean, all that is extortion. That's taking advantage of people. That's deception. And that's why there are so many cults. Because if you give them a rose, they'll follow you wherever you go. People are so hurting, so devastated, so broken and confused that if you show them any kind, like a stray dog, if you give them a little biscuit, they'll be at your house the next morning. And whatever you teach them, Melissa and I, I'm closing with this. Chrissy, y'all can come back. Uh, Melissa and I went to Haiti with Convoy of Hope. If you want to give to Convoy of Hope or to AG Disaster Relief, if you want to give that, you can give that through Oak Grove, and we will get that to Convoy of Hope for Haiti, okay, Afghanistan, any of those disasters that ever happened, you want to give, you put that there, put it on your memo to Convoy of Hope that whatever you give will go straight to them for the disaster relief or AG relief, uh, Disaster Relief Fund. We were on the airplane going to Haiti, Melissa and I. I'll never forget it. She'll tell you. She'll tell you. It was amazing. It was the first uh it was the first earthquake, not this last one. This one's bigger than the last one. And uh on the plane were all kinds of people. Assembly God ministers. We had five of us from Kansas City and us, five pastors from Kansas City and us. And uh, also they had Salvation Army, Assemblies of God, Catholic priests and nuns, uh Mormons, Jehovah's Witness. Probably Satan himself was sitting on the plane. And here was the deal. Who's going to get to the people first? Whoever got to Haiti first, to help them out of their trial, to give them compassion and love, that's the ones that we're going to listen to. So there was a race to Haiti. Can I tell you, the folks, as we close today, there's a real war going on. And whoever gets to them first, that's who they're going to listen to. And the church is set back like, while everybody else knocked door to door. Because we didn't want to get this and we didn't want to get that. We didn't want to embarrass. We don't want to uh, uh, get there in, the, in their area. How many you know the Job's Witnesses and, and the Mormons don't care? They'll knock your door no matter what day, what time of the week. They don't care what you say. You can slam it in their face. They'll be back next week. If we had an ounce of passion for evangelism the way they did. If we had the evangelism passion we started out with, 110 years ago, we still had that today. I mean, it wanes. It wanes. It weakens. We need to get back to fighting the good fight of faith. I said we need to get back to evangelism. We need to get back to Bible engagement. We need to get back to missions and practicing missions like Doug Clay has told us. We need to get back to praying, prayer, worship, all the ideas. That gave us and made us who we are.